Faith FM, the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson. We're actually going to take a little time here to explain some traveling tips in Europe. Okay. <laughs> because Why? that's what we've been talking about off air. Off air, yeah. With uh, Shanna, our new producer for the last couple days here. Mm-hmm. Shanna, uh, shout out to you. Hope mm-hmm. that you are enjoying life over there in the production <laughs> booth. She wants to know some traveling tips to Europe. Loss and I disagree on basically everything, uh, <laughs> and so we're just going to take 30 uh, seconds here or so to establish why he's wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so you, you're you like a big Portugal-Spanish-France guy. No, not a France guy. I mean, I've been, I've been outside of Paris, and I've seen some beautiful things in France. I've been down to like... Um, like Bordeaux. The French get rowdy. But, That's all I can but say. But I, I can say that I, I much prefer... I think Portugal is so beautiful. You love that Also one. sick waves. Sick. Because, huge waves Because too. it's on the Atlantic side versus the Mediterranean side. When you like go to like south of Spain and whatnot, you go to the beach there and it's a lake, eh, yeah. essentially. Um, but Tell I, like, that to Paul and his associates who's... Ship got crashed in the middle of the Mediterranean. <laughs> That's right. But it's essentially like those two countries, I, I love them because I've spent lots of time there. I kind of know the language. I know my way around. I know the spots. Um, but outside of that as well, I really, when I spent some time up in Scandinavia, I really liked Denmark. Yeah. I, and I really love Copenhagen. Like Copenhagen's one of my really? favorite cities in the world. I'm a Scandinavian boy, but I'm not about that Denmark life. Really? I'm all about Sweden so, and Norway and Iceland. I was like the opposite. I, I've never That's been Nordic. to Norway or Iceland. Oh, those uh, are good. Um, but I've been to Sweden and Denmark, and I much preferred Denmark. Denmark. Oh man, I much preferred Sweden. Really? Yeah. That's well, it's it's okay that you're wrong and I'm right. That's fine. Uh, moving <laughs> on, what's the quiz? <laughs> yeah, the the quiz question. Okay, here we go. This is a, a multiple choice, guys. Complete the verse, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be A, precious to them, B, sweeter than honey, Ooh. C, called Emmanuel, or D, in their foreheads. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This one's a bit tricky, actually. It is. It is. It is. If you know the answer, you'll go into the draw, which we are having at eight forty-five this morning for Under the Shadow. A thousand shall fall. The and, big draw. And and the richest caveman. Our trifecta of amazing biographies. But again, that question was, and they shall see his face, and they shall be a precious to them. Sorry. Let me say that again. They shall see his face, and his name shall be A, precious to them, B, sweeter than the honey, C, called Emmanuel, or D, in their foreheads. Ooh. Getting wild. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have some text messages that I want to share. Uh, Elizabeth mm-hmm. texts us, hey, Blake, on emoji speed train, it looks like, listening to you. So either she's in Japan Mm-hmm. Or she's on just a regular train here. Regular train in here Australia. in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's really cool, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for listening to us. Shout out to you. Suzanne says, hey, uh, first word to learn in Maori, Lawson, mm-hmm. is puku, which is means it? stomach. Okay. Yeah. So you're. Are you sure one- we're not being baited here? Like they're, they're sending us like a word and then saying it means something else? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, actually. That would be a little bit scary. She does have a little. P U K U. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it's pronounced puku. Maybe like puku. I don't know. Well, I don't speak Maori, uh-huh. so obviously I wouldn't know. We need know. some help. 
We definitely do. Uh, we've got a text here from Janelle says, I believe this severe flooding in Victoria, New South Wales has been, uh, not been just random wild events, but weather manipulated to decimate, uh, to decimate these cities and to build quote, smart cities. Oof. And it's all laid out on the internet. So wild times. Mm. Sad I, face. I want to say something to that. I think that, you know, you have different sides of the spectrum in terms of people believing in, weather manipulation, not believing in weather manipulation. And then some people say, oh, it's, it's whether it's a, a conspiracy theory or not. Like ultimately what we can see is the statistics that this stuff is happening. For real. And what we do know is that it's a sign of the time. Absolutely. And so whether it's happening by people or whether it's, you know, the fact that we have the ability to manipulate the weather, if we are manipulating the weather, really shows like, oh, man, we're, we're very advanced. Well, well, I mean, definitely. Well, we are very advanced as well, too. And and the, who knows? I don't know the possibilities of that. I have seen some things that make me go, "Oh, wow, that's that's pretty crazy." What they what the technology that we have now. But either way, it just goes to show that the enemy is at work and mm. uh, trying to destroy uh, humanity. And the reason the enemy is so interested in destroying humanity is because we are created in the image of God. So while you're listening today, do not forget that you are a child of God. You're created in the image of your creator. He loves you. He has a plan for your life, and he desires that you have a home with him in heaven. So don't fall trap to the lies that the enemy spreads, the disinformation that he uh, spreads throughout the world to keep you away from the love of God. God loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants to see you thrive and be successful mm. in life and to achieve your goals and your dreams uh he wants to make you the head and not the tail so don't mm. don't believe the lies that are out there mm. you are beautiful you are a child of god and you are important wow Raphael texts the whole idea of insurance was to insure you against disasters etc but now insurance is only for their benefit imagine being one of those thousands who've lost their homes and were refused insurance what will they do? Imagine if it was you, triple angry, sad face, uh, that money sign face with the green tongue, uh, the money bag, a house, and a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Ooh, thank you, Raphael. That's a lot of emotions. Speaking mm-hmm. of emotions, mm-hmm. Braden texts. I want you to see this one too, Lawson. Look, mm-hmm. look at this one right here. Look. Uh huh. Okay. okay. Read it out. So we have we have like birthday kind of confetti thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and then the number the, one. The number one. Yep. And then a sunrise, and then a church, and then a sun. Someone's first birthday today. <laughs> I think maybe yeah, maybe I think uh, he's celebrating that one day uh, the church will see the Son of God. Return in the clouds of glory. Oh, wow. That's what I think. So, Braden, give us confirmation on that. Uh, so, celebrating the fact that one day the church will be with the Lord. That's what I think. Bright and beautiful days ahead when Jesus returns. Uh, I just want to go back to our uh, lessons on language here with Lawson. Uh, Lawson, when you are learning your languages over uh, at Newcastle Union, you're practicing your languages. Do you have any tips for our listeners if they want to learn a language? Um, I think the easiest way to learn a language is to interact with people who speak it, definitely. But then, That's how, how I learned English. 
<laughs> me too. Literally, me Since too. Since birth, I've been doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, to interact with people who speak it and just to constantly ask questions. Like, that's, you know, maybe... Maybe you think about your social situation and whatnot. Uh, but if you're not in that situation, well, because that's what I do. I, I spend time with people who speak these languages and I ask them what a word is and then I'll write it down. But don't you think that they're going to get annoyed at you or make fun of you or like be angry that not you're they uh, doing it. cultural appropriation? They, they love it. They, they love teaching you their language. Really? This, this has been my experience. People, people Love it. Um, if you can't spend time with people who speak that language, I mean, you can just jump on Duolingo and get it done. Like, those courses are solid, you know, especially especially in regards to languages. Like, like the, the Duolingo Spanish course is basically a university degree. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I actually did that for 72 days straight once, wow. the Spanish one. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Now you speak a, Spanish? Mm, yes, eh. <laughs> yeah, sí, sí. Español. Ah, poquito, porque yo soy de gringo de California. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He just said he's a A white boy from California. California. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. But I think it's, it's languages come a little bit easier to me personally because I, I believe everybody has an academic talent. You know, people like, you know, some people are relatively creative in terms of, making stuff and drawing stuff. Some people do this, some people do that. My academic talent is being able to sit in, in a classroom and just listen and absorb, yeah. like just memorize everything. Memorization is like the thing, thing. M- thing that I, that I am good at. And so when it comes to languages, which is almost all memorization, you know, when it comes to learning the vocab, I can pick it up quite easily. And then after that, it's in, you know, interpretation and learning how to put sentences together. And all the the tonal accents down and things like that. That's right. Working on the accent too. But yeah, listen, if you want to learn a language, just, just, just do it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Well, I think I will. Mm -hmm. The only problem is mi español es muy mal. Lo siento. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he said my Spanish is really bad. Sorry. And we we can tell. I'm nah. trying. Uh, it's, uh, uh, como se dice trabajar? What's the one, like, it's hard work. I don't know how to say trabajo. that. Well, trabajo is just like jobs. You can yeah. say like bien trabajo, which is like good job. So there we go. Hard, hard work. I guess you could say trabajo and then, I don't know. Hard work. Yeah. It is hard work, but I like it. I love learning languages. So that's cool. And so you uh, you know, obviously, a little bit of Spanish and you know some of these other Asian languages. I think I'm going to hang out with you and try. My favorite thing to do uh, at Care Group with you mm-hmm. is for you to teach me Japanese in front of like five Japanese people and then yeah. they just laugh. At you teaching, even though I'm Japanese. saying the right thing. No, it doesn't matter. The, the, no, but this it is the point. Matter. But this is the point. Is that like because you know they're Japanese, and I'm an, a person who speaks English who has learned Japanese, so therefore I can better help my English speaking English brothers, brothers. You know, to 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 learn Japanese. I've walked that road. You know, <laughs> I've been down that path. I've, I've, I'm 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 walking it. I'm on it. And, and so it well, it just makes it easier to explain because that's something that that often happens is trying to decipher something that they've taught me and trying to like understand. And then and then it's like oh okay, and then you finally get it. It's kind of it's kind of two parts. Yeah, no, it's good. It's actually. Oh, really but good. also hard work is trabajo duro. Trabajo duro. Yeah. Ah, muy bien. Yeah. Gracias. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's do. 
uh, our Bible study time. Mm-hmm. It's time for our encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And while you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 51. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Father in heaven, please bless us this morning and give us wisdom and understanding as we read the scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to 55. We're going to be talking about that great mystery in the sky. Mm. Hmm. What is this mystery that Paul preaches? The Bible says in verse 51, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Nice. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. The scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up by victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? In the New King James Version, that uh, word secret is translated as mystery. Mystery. Mm-hmm. And there are some popular preachers who suggest that this word mystery is the secret rapture, quote unquote, uh, which is of the church. That happens (laughs) seven years prior to Christ's glorious second coming. And in this quote-unquote secret rapture, faithful Christians are suddenly, quietly, and secretly whisked off to heaven while everyone else remains here wondering, hey, what just happened? But people might suddenly find themselves in a driverless car because the driver was raptured to heaven and all that remains is just their clothes. The 16-volume best-selling Left Behind series turned into four movies promoted this false teaching exposing millions to it but there's actually no biblical evidence absolutely no biblical passage that endorses such an artificial distinction between the rapture and the second coming Mm. all right so we're going to keep going here on this mystery idea what are your thoughts on this quote-unquote secret rapture i'm going to use a cliche here i've heard i I did not make this up i've heard (laughs) this said by other people it's so secret that not even the Bible knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Very secretive. Yeah, incredibly secret. Well, the secret rapture, I, I think that the secret rapture is motivated by, in, in terms of an es- eschatological sense, the reason why... Eschatological, such a big word. That's right. Help in, me out. In regards to the timing of the end of the world and yep. end times events, the reason why people adopt the secret rapture is because the belief is is that there's this great tribulation at the end of time before Jesus comes back, which we know is true. That part's true. Absolutely. But the reason people will adopt the idea of a secret rapture is, is because essentially those who are saved skip out on going through the tribulation because they get raptured into heaven. And therefore, wow. the adoption of a secret rapture is totally, even though the Bible says nothing about it, at all. At all. Is I believe t- it's from a, a novel that That's right. Hal Lindsey wrote, if I'm not... Is it's, it Hal Lindsey? I, I'm not sure of the guy's name, but it's the Left Behind series. Right. Um, the reason people adopt it is out of fear, because they're like, oh... If I don't want to deal with that. If we go through such a terrible tribulation, then, like, you know, like, yeah, God wouldn't submit us and put us through that. And I'm like, my friend, God... <laughs> God will put us through a lot of things, but the point is, is that if we're on God's side, like he'll protect us and he'll be with us. And he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Absolutely. So when it comes to the time of tribulation, yeah, there's no need for a secret rapture. And the reason we we would 
not propagate the idea of the secret option be against it is not just because it's motivated by fear or whatever it may be it's because just simply the bible does not say anything it is something that has been eisegeted has been placed into the text so let's talk about that just for a minute to help us understand what you're saying so eisegesis versus exegesis so eisegesis being the concept that your cultural context, your worldview, your understanding of the way things work, you're reading that into the Bible. That's right. Uh, so let's say, uh, let's say, I don't know, an ex- a perfect example here, but you're, you're thinking like, hey, uh, women, women should not raise children, not stay at home. And, uh, we see this because, uh, any, uh, anyone who is a, a career-driven woman, and then we read the book uh, in the, the Gospels where a woman uh, is caught in adultery and then thrown at the feet of Jesus, and then they're like, see, like now if she had only been staying at home, then that wouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's convoluted. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's totally crazy, and you're just reading your idea into it. That's so right. I'm not saying I think that at all. I'm just saying this is the way that eisegesis works. Is yeah. You come up with this preconceived idea, you read a passage that has nothing to do with that, and then you're like, ha-ha, see? Yeah. This proves my point. Yeah, probably one of the ones that I saw recently, an example of eisegesis, there's a prominent queer theologian, like LGBT affirming, and they, they gave themselves, um, theologian and, and Bible commentator, his name's Brandon Robinson, and he basically... Someone had like, this is like in like a TikTok video or something. Someone had said like, oh, wouldn't God want you to change like from being gay? Because he's gay himself. And he's like, oh, but like homosexuality like isn't like moral according to the Bible. Like wouldn't God want you to change? And this guy stands in front of the camera and says the first person baptized in one of the first people baptized into the Christian eunuch was a queer person of color. What? And so that was a reference to the Ethiopian eunuch. So they, so basically oh, wow. they're saying that the Ethiopian eunuch, so, so the Ethiopian eunuch was a man from Ethiopia who was a eunuch. And what is a eunuch? Someone who has forcefully had their genitalia removed by a king to stop them from impregnating their harem, their, their women. Um, so for example, Daniel was a eunuch. He had forcibly had his genitalia removed. This Ethiopian eunuch, that's who he is. He's Ethiopian. So he's a, you know, that of that skin color, like he's he's right. he's he's a black guy, he's African, mm-hmm. um, and basically this guy was saying, oh yeah, the first person, yeah, baptized in the Christian movement, or one of the, he wasn't the first person because it was like thousands of people baptized before the Ethiopian eunuch, but among well, like two thousand, like among the first people was this queer person of color, and which is so crazy because I'm like, well, it doesn't say anything about his sexual orientation or his gender identity. It just says he's a eunuch, and why was he a eunuch? Well, historically, not because he was trans he didn't get gender reassignment surgery he just had his bits cut off because of like <laughs> literal like like he, like seriously like he's not prepared for that yeah he had his bits cut off okay. by the king like it. against his will uh, and so I'm and sorry. so to 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 say to isogeet <laughs> To right. put your modern philosophy into the text that oh no this is like a like a trans person like absolutely not Absolutely not. Great example. Very clear example of someone taking their culture and their views and just transplanting it into the Bible and saying that the Bible says something that it absolutely does not say. 
Whereas exegesis allows the Bible in the context that it was written mm. to speak for itself. That's right. And gives us insight. So instead of us putting our own worldview and our insight into the yep. scriptures, we allow the the word of God to give us a deeper understanding through the context of that. That's right. And the, the, and the methodology of doing that is going, let's say in the eunuch example, it's like, okay, what is a eunuch? It's like, well, how does the Bible define a eunuch right. in the rest of the pages of the Bible? You know, why was eunuchy performed? Well, how does the Bible reveal that? We all Exegesis is coming back to the Bible to let the Bible define what it's actually trying to talk about. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was some inspiration to travel to Scotland. Yes. Because I love some bagpipes. Shout out my and boy And you can Mark learn some Sutherland. Scottish while you're over there. I, I can. Okay, sorry. That, that was not even... That was, I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Please read the quiz question. Okay. In Deuteronomy 11, God promised to... Expand- oh, there we go. Oh, I can In Deuteronomy 11, God promised to expand the land they set their foot on. From what river to what sea? Deuteronomy is such a Scottish word. You're like, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. <laughs> Okay, keep reading. In Deuteronomy Sorry. 11, God promised to expand the land they set their foot on from what river to what sea? Ooh. 0491064669 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer, if you do, you'll go into the draw to win our trifecta of amazing biographies that are being drawn in 15 minutes. So you have 15 minutes have 15 to get minutes. your final answer in. And we've had people win the prize, by get the way. Get your life together, from people. From one entry. <laughs> but we've I don't think we've ever had someone win the prize from one entry when it was the last entry. Like, as in, when it was the last question. So you could potentially be that today. Also, we're the rooting, first person to do that. We're rooting for our people who've been answering all the questions and trying to win this. But at the same time, you know. Nope, I'm a bandwagon fan. I'm only going to root for the person who wins. Okay. Yeah. So I'm cheering for them. Right. That's it. Right. He, he, goes, he goes for the Golden State Warriors of Faith of Him. Anyways, um, the richest caveman, the thousand shall fall, and under the shadow, we're giving them away for free. In Deuteronomy 11, God promised to expand the land they set their foot on from what river to what sea? 0491-064-669. We've got some text messages here. Hey, guess what? Braden says, the word is correct, but the pronunciation is incorrect. Which, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm we saying. We totally yeah. thought that. Okay, so try this for pronunciation. He says, first part is like poor without the R sound. Poor. And the last is coo, like C double O. So poku? Po, poor. Poor without the R is po. So poku. Poku? Poku. Poku. Um, maybe, maybe not. Braden, confirm. Braden also says, hey, with that emoji, he wasn't. it wasn't what he was saying, but I like your translation, Blake. Thanks. He says, yay for one more sunset sleep till Sabbath. Ah. Amen. Okay. that's uh, That makes so much more sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, mine was like celebrating one day the church. Okay. Yeah, I was I saying it was someone's, <laughs> someone's You're way off, first birthday. Uh, David says, uh, what What do you think the news headlines will be the day after Jesus' second coming? What do you think they will they would put it down to? I, I don't think there's going to be headlines. <laughs> I think there's going to be like one headline. You know, if I can say if there's like one main page event. Uh, yeah, I think it's there's going to be one particular event. It's going to be... <laughs> Cli- ultimate climate change. <laughs> 
<laughs> ultimate climate collapse yeah. has taken place. A total climate change. That uh, is so funny. Yeah. As creator returns to set things straight. Yeah. Uh, going back to the mystery, Paul is actually referring... Uh, it's simply the transformation of the living righteous to join the resurrected righteous at Christ's second coming. Amen. So this Amen. is the, quote, rapture. There's no, quote, secret rapture. Because the second coming will be visible to all living human beings. We see that in Revelation 1-7. And both the resurrection of the dead and the transformation of the living ones will occur at the sound of the trumpet at Christ's return, which we talked about yesterday as well, too. So there isn't a secret rapture. And this is just simply the inference that the Bible gives us, because it never uses the word secret, secret or silent. I'll give you an, another example of eisegesis, specifically in relationship to the secret rapture. We read First Thessalonians chapter 4 yesterday. Yeah. And we read the passage where it says uh, in verse, starting in verse 13, but then going on, it says like, uh, let me see, we will tell you this directly. We who are still alive when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. First, the Christians or those who are in Christ who have died will rise from their grave. So that's clearly resurrection language. Absolutely. But then it says, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. They see that word caught up Mm -hmm. and they're like, see? That's us being secretly taken away. Okay, but chronologically, that's after the dead rise. Yeah. So even if they say that, right, even if they, if that's part of their processing, the verse right before it says, after the dead rise in Christ. Yeah. So, But then the dead rising, that's secret too. No, it's not. It's but, very visible. But then that, that, that's the whole point of the doctrine of the, of the second coming that we see from the Bible, is that it is visible. Right. We can, Like, Jesus is coming with... What, you're telling me it's a secret rapture when Jesus is blowing a trumpet and there's, like, a commanding <laughs> and sound? earthquakes and, and like lightning and it's, it's all over the place. The dead are rising from exactly. the graves. The mm-hmm. voice of the archangel is being heard. There are... Tens of thousands upon tens of thousands of angels with him. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I don't want to get like overly intense or too passionate or whatever, because there's like people who believe in this. And I, I believe that it's not true according to the Bible. And I think that it hurts our witness. It hurts the Bible. Like it when when we just place these things in the text, ultimately it, it misrepresents God. And I believe that not like non- Christians, when they read the Bible and when they see like the the clear dissonance between what you're saying and what the Bible actually says, that you've created some doctrine that has no foundation in the Bible, it actually turns them away from God. For sure. I was, I know it's crazy, but I was, this has probably nothing to do with that, but I was on <laughs> Instagram the other day and there's this like guy who just showed up on there and he wrote a song about basically... I won't get into all the details, but basically how he saw hypocrisy in the church. And it was like a uh, like a metal song. And mm-hmm. so he's just like literally like playing this song about like, see, this is why Christians aren't good, rah, you know, because of the hypocrisy that he sees. And, exa- and that's exactly what you said, Lawson. When, when people read the Bible and then they read or then they see what some Christians are saying or doing, and they see the the dissonance. They go, 
Not for me. Yeah. I'm out. But I, I think even like we, we have that in regards to action, right? People are like, oh, Christians are hypocrites because even though they follow a quote unquote good God in Jesus, they do bad things. But I think even when it comes down to the theology of the Bible, yeah. like because any. They believe wrong things. Yeah. yeah it, it, because it's like if I try and make a case to someone, if I give someone a Bible study on the secret rapture, and if they go and do their own research, it will become very clear to them that the Bible study that I gave them on the secret rapture isn't founded in evidence because there just simply is none. And I think that that, may, that causes and creates doubt in people's minds and turns them away from God. Whereas in reality, we need to put the Bible first and teach what it truly says, which I believe that people who believe in the secret rapture are endeavoring to do. But it's it's at the same time, yeah, they're ultimately hurting. It, it hurts God's cause when we use the Bible to justify heresy. And then there's just such, but, but then it's like, well, what do we know what's true and fake? If there's a bunch of people who believe something that's not really in the Bible, it's like, well, study the Bible and accept what it says. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a very interesting thought here. You know, Christ's second coming is going to be basically the most amazing so event epic. ever. Right. Yeah. The living righteous are going to be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 52. And then at the voice of God, they're all glorified. And now they're made immortal with the risen saints, which are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Angels then gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Matthew 24, 31. We don't see any of this isolationist concept of people just randomly disappearing. Right. This is an event that every eye shall see, mm. right? That Jesus is coming back for his own. And Absolutely. he's coming back for you. You're listening here on Faith FM. Jesus wants you to be in heaven because he loves you and he has some wonderful words of life to share. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now it has come time for the draw. The draw. We're going to be spinning that wheel. Let's and spin someone is going to be winning our amazing prizes. So, ready. Shanna, spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. Okay. It's turning. It's a little bit quiet, but that's okay. It's making its way around. And. Okay. We have a winner. We're going to be trying to get them on the phone. And while we are trying to get them on the phone, we're going to be having some answers to the quiz question. So firstly, who had five husbands and then was living with another man? That was the woman at the well in Samaria. The next question we had, uh, in the armor of God, what is the sword of the spirit? That was the word of God. Next, what plague followed the locusts in the 10 plagues that fell on the Egypt? This one is kind of freaky. It's just darkness. Just imagine you're like living and it's daytime and then, you know, it's like midday and then all of a sudden it's just completely dark heavy um now this one is interesting and they shall see his face and his name shall be now i think a lot of people would have fallen into the trap of saying called emmanuel because that rolls off the tongue a little bit easier we know it from the advent story but it's actually then his name shall be in their foreheads this is a quote from revelation and then finally in deuteronomy 11 god promised to expand the land they set their foot on from what river to what sea it was from the euphrates river to the mediterranean so a massive massive area there so congratulations to everyone who got quiz questions correctly can we get our winner on the phone I think we do have them they're just Shannon's just plugging them in now because they have won the prize 
And they're about to get plugged that's in. That's right. You're, they're about to come on right now. But yeah, c- congratulations to everyone who got answers correct and who plays the quiz every we love week. We love that you play the quiz. Here we go. Plug it in. But we have go for to, it. We have to say congratulations to Eunice. Eunice, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, congratulations nice. on, on winning our amazing prizes. Are you stoked? Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. Awesome. Great so, work, Eunice. You got the trifecta over here. Well, yeah. We have these amazing biographies, Under the Shadow, A Thousand Shall Fall, and The Richest Caveman. Is there one that you're looking forward to reading in particular? Um, anything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like just a, yeah. I, I want feel, them all! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Eunice. Thank you so much for joining right, us this morning. Have an amazing day. But right now, it has come time for... Question of the Day. The question of the day today, Blake, is from Thomas. And Thomas asks, did God raise Jesus from the grave? Yes, he did. But... Not the way that he wants me to answer that. Oh. I know. Thomas, check this out. John chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. As the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Mm. For the Father has given all judgment to the Son. So the Son has authority to raise from the dead whomever he will, including himself. So Jesus says in John chapter 2, verse 19, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Mm. And John adds he was speaking about the temple of his body in John 2, 22. So destroy this body in three days and I will raise it up. And he did. Jesus has the authority to take up again life. He is the resurrection and the life. We read mm. that in John chapter 11 as well too. Jesus has power to raise uh, the widow the widow's son in the village of Nain. We see that in Luke 7, verse 15. He raises the 12-year-old daughter of Jairus. I believe her name was Talitha or Talitha, depending on your pronunciation, uh, in Mark 5, verse uh, 42. And then we also see Lazarus resurrected in John eleven forty four. And through all this process, he is announcing that he is the one who has power over death and life, and he even has the power over death and life for himself. And it, and I think it's very interesting that Jesus himself says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus is saying this is how it's going to happen. He's not saying he, – he says that God the Father has the authority to do that as well too, but that authority has then been given to him by the Father, and Jesus is able to resurrect others and as well as himself as well too. I think this is an important distinction, Lawson, that Jesus is kind of declaring his sovereignty over death. Mm. He's basically making the point, making the statement, hey, death, we we talked about in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, I believe, Mm. today, like, death, where's your victory? Where is your Mm. sting? It is Jesus who removes the sting and removes uh, the the pain of death. Now I see you're looking at a verse as well too. Yeah, I'm I'm having a look at First Peter chapter three, verse eighteen to twenty two, which is a verse that we talked about recently on the breakfast show. But in verse eighteen, it simply says, "For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might uh, bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit." And the question here: How was Jesus made alive after he died? 
he resurrected and how what was he made alive by by the spirit by the spirit by the the power of god but again it's on as you have been saying on his authority through well the the holy spirit is the agent of god the part of god in which you know works this power um and yeah the spirit working through him because he is a human being and uh as well as being 100% god he's 100% human it's through the power of the holy spirit he is resurrected just as we are resurrected. It's on Jesus' authority that we are resurrected. And then it's through, again, God, the Holy Spirit, in which we are resurrected. So we see that every part of God is acting and working to resurrect us. Jesus' little warning to the disciples basically says, hey, guess what? The comforter is going to come. And that Mm. word comforter was describing the Holy Spirit Mm. in, in response to the fact that Jesus would ascend and go back to heaven. The Greek word for comforter in that place is parakletos, right? And in, I know, I know a little Greek too. Lawson's like surprised over here. Wow. The parakletos in 1 John chapter 2, I believe, verse 1, Jesus is described as the parakletos, mm. the same word. So when we talk about God the Father, when we talk about Jesus the Son, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about one. Because the three are one. And do I understand that? No. But the Bible teaches it, so I believe it. Fantastic stuff. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.